Welcome to the Cup and Saucy Book Club. I'm Jen. And I'm Zanna. What's in your cup today, Zanna? Today I am drinking a raspberry green tea from Jolene's Tea House in Banff, Alberta, Canada. I picked it up when I was there recently for the Romance Invades the Canadian Rockies book signing. And it is, I think, a little bitter right now because I oversteeped it. The tea house in Banff is a charming log cabin in like the mid- middle of one of the main streets. And it's, I highly recommend you go there if you're in the area, which I also highly recommend because Banff is beautiful. And I'm so, so jealous that you got to go to this. <laughs> yes. Yes. It was, it was such a wonderful time. And I, I also, grouped a family vacation in with this book signing. So we spent the week in the Canadian Rockies uh, hiking and sightseeing and just, you know, it was wonderful. It was a wonderful time. And you got to see friend of the show, Samantha Brentmore, which I did. I did. I got jealous. Yes. I got to, I got to see and hug Samantha and she was wonderful. Got to meet the addicted to the voice. Farrah Blair. Yes. Farrah. Yep. She was fantastic. I gave her my bear spray. (laughs) <laughs> so when I was leaving town, um, something that Which, you do need to bear spray is like insurance. It's one of those things that you, you, you know, it's a little expensive, but you'd really have to buy it. You hopefully never have to use it, um, right. but you don't, if you need it, you don't want to be without it, but you can't fly with it. So if you buy, if you fly in. Oh, so you got to buy it there. Yeah. So you yeah. have to buy it there and you have to leave it there. So I didn't want to just leave it in like the rental car or anything. And she would had driven in. So I was like, hey, you need some bear spray? And she's like, yeah. <laughs> I have to tell listeners that this is the weirdest text I have ever sent because I uh, helped uh <laughs> Farah and and Zana connect and I had to tell her that she was she had uh Zana had her bear spray uh which is yeah is definitely the weirdest text I have ever sent in my life yeah yeah <laughs> but in addition to that you sent me with this lovely video so I'm I'm all very happy about I that. did yeah so Samantha Samantha Brentmore and I sent you a little video wishing you were there and we did wish yeah. you were there because yeah. it's so much more fun when you're there oh so. thank you <laughs> but well, anyway I'm... what is in your cup today in my cup today i've got a new tea from a new to me tea company so it's all new uh, okay. so i'm drinking kraken's embrace and it's from the gilded tiefling um, okay. they're, they're a women-owned tea company. Um, I was introduced to them by a friend and, uh, tried it at a friend's house and, you know, had to find out and order it immediately. Sure. And the Kraken's Embrace is a blueberry green tea. It has peppermint in it and some sort of butterfly pea berry, I think it's called. Um, okay. but it's really it's delicate and delicious. It's difficult to pair uh, green teas and certain fruit flavors sometimes, mm-hmm. but but this really works. And okay. the company I found out um, they're an they are RPG and fantasy nerds. Oh, and, my people! And so all all of their teas are all themed on on uh, that, and they're inspired people. by the yeah. fantasy realms. And the nice. owners 
are uh, LGBTQ and BIPOC, okay. which I thought would be very appropriate for this episode. Uh-huh. Because normally uh, we would talk about whatever book that I assigned Xana. Uh, and today, since this is Pride Month, we wanted to do something a little different. So I'm going to give some recommendations for romances that were either written by LGBTQIA authors or books where queer characters, and I'm going to use these terms interchangeably throughout the episode, where the queer characters are the main character of the story. You know, mm-hmm. they, they may also be secondary characters, but in order to be a recommended book within this episode, it's they have to be a main character. And the good news is that there are so many more books to choose from than the, there have ever been. Yeah. And all yeah, along, you know, the LGBTQIA space, there, there are books for everything. The bad news, of course, is that, uh, you know, the recent news is the dramatic rise in book banning and in Boo. several parts of the country. Yeah, no. Boo. <sighs> Come on. We are not fans of books burning or banning or burning either for that matter. Or burning either for that matter. And listeners, if you have never read Fahrenheit 451, do so. It is the gold standard for talks about censorship. We here at the Cup and Saucy Book Club believe that love stories are for everyone. Love is love. And that's the end. Now, all of these are going to be romances, but they're it's almost its own subgenre at this point. Um, mm-hmm. you know, or, or it is a subgenre, but it's almost its own genre, uh, I think is more correct. So we don't talk much about YA, young adult in this podcast. Uh, in fact, at all, I try to avoid it <laughs> because we talk about smutty books an awful lot. And so I do not want to cross that line. But for the purposes of this episode, I think it's important to... To talk about YA books um, for, you know, these uh, these kinds of romances. Yeah. Mostly because I think um, Gen Z has got a handle on this. You know, the books, YA books are being written for Gen Z right now. That's the, right, that's the right. you know, generation. And, but I think Gen Z has got a better handle on this than, than the previous generations. Um, I, would, I know, would agree with that. Mm-hmm. Um, Zana and I are both Gen X and, and we have, you know, it's sort of started with us as far as being more out in the open and mainstream, but we also, you know, we also remember love in the time of AIDS and, mm-hmm. and how, you know, difficult that was for so many and there's and you know there's books being written now about love and the difficulties of not only of finding someone to love which is which is you know the main the beginner conflict of all romance novels is mm-hmm. you know finding someone to love but is also finding someone to love in a society that doesn't love you right you know and how do you you know how do you still get to your happily ever after. And some who have written queer romances will just sidestep that completely and say, okay, we're going to start with this, with this premise that homophobia does not exist in, in the world and that, 
it, anybody can love anybody and nobody cares, you know. But then there's others who are more realistic and go, nope, that's not the world we live in. The world we Sadly live in. Sadly not. Yeah. You know, there is a lot of homophobia and a lot of, and a lot of hate just because of who someone chooses to love. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, they, but they deal with it in that space. And so a book I read recently, which for the recommendations, I'm, I'm trying to focus more on queer authors in this space, but, uh, but there have been a lot written by, by straight authors that are, you know, male, male romance, gay romance, lesbian romance, etc. You know, we can talk about those as well. But the one that I read recently was The Intern. It's by Serena Ackroyd. It is about, uh, it's a male, male romance and it was very difficult for me to get through because mm-hmm. first of all, the, the model on the cover mm-hmm. looked like a friend of mine who had passed away from AIDS um, oh. decades ago. Right. And then the story inside was similar mm-hmm. to his. And, oh. and okay. so there was a lot, it brought up a lot of things for me. Sure. On, you know, and remembering and remembering this friend who I loved, who yeah. did not find uh, the he did not find a happily ever after, unfortunately. Yeah. But I I actually sent a letter to um, Serena Ackroyd and told her that this was the happily ever after he never got, and oh, and I okay. appreciated it. Um, sure. And so you know, there's there is a lot of conversation that can be had about when you know people. Mm-hmm. who have a similar struggle and then you find this book you know or several books that talk about these things and and then you just those are the books that you take into your heart you know what i mean right no that makes sense and and so this is one that i took into my heart but with gen z you know coming of age now and they are the generation is just so much more accepting of everything you know, right. and, and particularly uh, non-binary, trans, mm-hmm. um, you know, things that we just couldn't, didn't talk about, you know. Well, when and we were... culturally, they really, uh, we were hobbled a little bit by yes. just sort of cultural norms and, and representation or lack thereof. And, you know, even subtle bigotry in our media even when uh, and sometimes not, I mean, not it, so subtle not most of the time not so subtle but even even the subtle things you know yeah really in some ways i feel like the subtle bigotries were the things that were more influential on previous generations because you're like no i'm not like that you know i i i believe in love for everybody but ah yeah that's funny like no yeah. you know what death by a thousand it, microaggressions Right. And so in in retrospect, like going back and watching TV shows from 20 years ago, for example, and, you know, where they try to be a little bit more with it culturally than than their their peers at the time, looking at it through the lens of 2023, it's like, oh, wow. Yeah, that's. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I can't believe I can't believe you did that because that's really problematic. Yeah. Yeah. And, and there was, you know, there's a, 
there's an axiom in advertising uh, called a cinch by the inch and hard by the yard. And what yeah. that is, is that you can't, <laughs> trying to avoid the the immediate places my mind goes because I read too many smutty books. But um, <laughs> yes, I see where you've gone there. <laughs> <laughs> but a cinch by the inch and hard by the yard was, um, so take advertising for bras. Okay. Yeah. When they first talked about advertising for bras on television, you never actually saw the bra. Right. It was it was talked about, uh-huh. and you didn't even see a a woman modeling, you know, anything. Mm-hmm. Then then you saw the bra, but it was on a mannequin. It was on a bust. You know, right. Jane Russell and the Cross Your Heart bras, and then you saw it underneath a woman's clothes you know to suggest the silhouette and then of course you got to the Victoria's Secret uh, and Wonder Bras and then it was just there and and but it it took those incremental steps to get society ready for it you know instead of just hitting them over the head with it all at once we're gonna do it this way and I feel like in some ways that queer romances had Uh to go through that that cinch by the inch hard by the yard sure journey as well Uh, but it seems like it seems that is much more unfair though than Uh than you know doing it just like okay love is love end of story here they are you know here here are love stories and and so with Gen Z, I feel like it's it's much more of a it's not even trying to hit you over the head with it or forcing you to accept it. It's just right. it just is. Right. It just is. Right. That's all. And and so like my son is Gen Z and we've As been is mine. rewatching some of the things that I watched in the early 2000s or the late 90s and his reactions to some of the those microaggressions are pretty telling. It's like I, I didn't notice, I guess, because it was part of what I was used to, what I'm, you know, at least not at first. And then every time we would watch something like that, it would, he'd be like, that's not okay. You know, the, yeah. that thing that they're talking about, you know, that, you know, this character who's supposed to be really likable has had this sort of, ultra homophobic reaction to to being hit on by the same sex but that person should be flattered and just you know right like thank you um i'm not interested but thank you you know that kind of thing um and so that's how he that's how he views the world is is you know if if somebody of the of the gender that he's not interested in hits on him he's like that's really a compliment. Yeah, my my son is the same, and it leads right into the first recommendation. Okay, because this was this was something that my son had told me about, and okay. it was a graphic novel, and then became a series on Netflix, and it's a series that we watched together, and and okay. we were able to bond over this, and it's Heartstopper by Alice Osman, mm-hmm. and. It's first of all the characters of Charlie and Nick and Charlie he has newly decided to come out as gay and okay. he uh has a crush on captain of the rugby team 
Uh, this tab- uh, happens in a British boys' school. Okay. Nick didn't think that he was interested in guys, but discovers that he is bisexual. Okay. And, you know, deals with the implications of it. But in addition to that, there's also lesbian characters in here. There's bi characters. Mm-hmm. There's a trans character. Okay. There's even an asexual character. Okay. And even though they are secondary characters, their stories are important are mm-hmm. as important as the main one. And Alice Osman has written a couple of of uh, graphic novels and books. Um, Loveless is also is also a good one um, mm-hmm. a- about uh, that represent within this space. But and the way that it's taken is there's I mean there's a little bit of the societal homophobia. Mm-hmm playing in here but it's not as much as we would have dealt with in high school right right you know it it is certainly not that and and it's much more accepting as a whole and then then the whatever homophobia happens is directed at a particular character okay as if to say wait a minute you weren't you weren't gay before so why are you gay now you know sort of thing uh-huh. watching this and reading the, the graphic novels uh with my son it was very eye-opening mm-hmm. in a lot of ways and mostly because of how he presented it to me how he thought of it and it was that's just how it was you know nick right. and charlie were just two characters who have crushes on each other and become a, right you know, and they they become boyfriends and so what mm-hmm. So another important one that is also YA, and then I want to I want to grow up the uh, <laughs> grow up the recommendations from here. We'll start with YA, and then we'll age, <laughs> and then we'll age them as we go. But Felix Ever After by Case and Calendar. This okay. one is not just a YA romance. This one is an important book. This is one like generation defining sort of book. Okay. And Felix is a black, queer, transgender teen who's involved in a love triangle. Oh, okay. And this one has been banned by several school districts. (sighs) It also won the 2021 Stonewall Honor Book Award. That award is given specifically for queer representation. Right. This is one that people decades from now will still be talking about. Mm -hmm. I am certain. And so if you don't read any other YA queer romance. And what's the name of that again? It's Felix Ever After by Kaysen Callender. And we will have all of the recommendations for for today's recommendations on the show notes. uh, Because there is going to be a lot of them. Going to, you know, download that one now. So Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I will be. I did not have a, a physical copy of this but i will be going to my local bookstore today and picking up quite a few of these after after talking about them nice because i feel like while this this era of book banning uh if i I hate to say it that way but but this era of book banning is going on i feel it's even more important to have physical copies of these books yeah that's a good point that's a Really good point. You know, this is just my way of supporting it. Well, and not only that, you don't know when they're going to disappear because corporations exactly. may bend to the will of the political monsters. Exactly. 
we got to hang on to the treasures for the future generations. Mm -hmm. You know, I thought about a couple of different ways that we could approach this and go from, we'll talk about the uh, books for gay males and the lesbians and, you know, and go down the alphabet. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But the, the recommendations are just, you know, how I found them. And I will state up front that I have not read all of these books on the list, but they have, if I have not read them, they have been highly recommended to me by, by several people, more than one and said, you have to read this. But, you know, since, since we have said several times on this podcast, my TBL and TBR lists are extensive. (laughs) They are longer than my arm, my legs, uh, both my legs and Xana's arms and legs combined at this point. Well, and she sends some of them to me too. I will get to them. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So I will get to them at some point. But we'll just go through the list and talk about each one. So we'll start with, so we'll grow up into college romance a little bit and go to starting from scratch by Jay Northcote. And yes, this is uh, this is a departure for me, but I'm recommending books written by guys too because I no longer have that... That prejudice. In, uh, yeah, that prejudice that, that was so ingrained for so many years. So, um, and starting from scratch by Jay Northcote, this is a transgender uh, male main character. Okay. And this is a gay male uh, college romance. Okay what they call the new adult. So this is college age. Okay. Cinderella. And that's okay. two words. Cinderella. Right. By S.T. Lynn. And this is a BIPOC person of color, transgender woman as a female main character. And it's also a retelling of Cinderella, which is obvious from the title. For those of our audience who might not be familiar with some of the terms, BIPOC is Black Indigenous People of Color. It's a way to group minority or marginalized communities and that have not had representation in the straight white society to that point. Gotcha. Yeah. BIPOC is is the shorthand way of saying that. And that covers African-American, Indigenous, previously Native American, but that also includes Asian-American, South Asian Mm -hmm. as well. So but it is people of color. Right. So in the LGBTQIA, mm-hmm. we should also explain that as well. Yes, please. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so LGBTQIA is the full alphabet soup of this. And that mm-hmm. stands for lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, queer or questioning, mm-hmm. and intersex, which mm-hmm. is uh, was previously known as... And I'm only using these terms because just to familiarize people with it. That used to be known as people who are hermaphrodite, Mm -hmm. who were born with multiple sexual organs of different genders. So, but that term is intersex. Mm -hmm. It is also for identities. So that's Mm non-binary, that there are more genders than just male and female. Right. And so that is what the I in that stands for and then transgender of course is those who have who were born assigned one gender mm-hmm. at, but do not identify with that gender and mm-hmm. either make a transition to the gender that they that they are uh, mm-hmm. either by uh, surgical means or not mm-hmm. but they live their lives in society as the that gender 
Q is queer or questioning. And the queer, though, kind of covers all of it. A is for asexual. And asexuals do not express their love or have their relationships have a sexual nature. There is either no sex or they're not turned on by sex. You know, sex is not a, sex is not a factor for them. But there is a whole spectrum of asexuality. So this can come out in demisexuality. This can come out as aromantic, which means you have no romantic feelings. So when we talk about romances that are asexual, that means that sex is probably not going to happen in that book, but there is still romance. There is still a love story. Love is for everyone. Whether you have sex or not, love is still for you. That's what we're talking about with the LGBTQIA definitions. And often it's LGBTQIA plus. Yes, plus. Because there are, because gender and sexuality are both on broad spectrums. And so. Exactly. The idea of a binary in general doesn't quite fit the reality of most people's sexuality and even many people's gender. So the idea that that there is only one or the other is an outdated and incomplete idea about the human experience. In recommending these books today, we are attempting to cover as much as we can. But I will say that this is only a brief sample right. of you know what is out there. And I celebrate the fact that there are so many books out there now that are representing everyone. That everyone has a story. Everyone deserves to have that story told. It's an important thing that we that we talk about this, not just in Pride Month, you know, not just take a month to talk about it, but sure. 365. Yeah. We talked uh, briefly about non-binary and what that means. That leads into a great book that I have read with a non-binary main character. It's called Love and Other Disasters. It's by Anita Kelly. Good name. Yeah, this is <laughs> Love and Other Disasters. It's a great book. This was one I listened to and it's just fabulous. As we have, you know, said already, there's much more out there for queer readers, writers, queer characters in romance. It has actually become much more mainstream, and I celebrate that too. One of the best-selling ones is Boyfriend Material by Alexis Hall. And this is a gay fake dating book and the fake dating trope of, you know, well, we have to come together and pretend like we're dating for some situation that if we weren't dating, we wouldn't be able to take advantage of whatever. Right. That happens in mainstream romance all the time. This is one in the queer space. And there's a sequel that just came out or is coming out soon called Husband Material. Okay. I guess I see where that story went. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I think the happily ever after is implied here. (laughs) Right. Within that expansion of seeing these books everywhere and that they're becoming much more mainstream, Red, White, and Royal Blue by Casey McQuinston. So this is the son of the president meets 
the Prince of Wales. And it is it, it is assumed that the Prince of Wales is young. It is not William as currently is, but it is a young man who is the heir apparent. And this one got a movie deal. And so it'll be coming out soon. Red, White, and Royal Blue. And I haven't read that one yet. <laughs> but I will read it before I see the movie. You can do those all in within the same tropes that you have in mainstream romance. And there's others. So we have Sorry Bro by Talon Vascuni. And again, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. But all of the names and the titles will be on our show notes. This is a discovered, what they call a discovered sapphic romance. By discovered, it means that one of the characters is in a straight relationship, but then discovers that they actually love someone of the same gender. And so this is a sapphic romance, which means it's lesbian. We also have, I will take this out of the contemporaries and go into the historicals. Before we go there, I have a question yes. that you can help me with. The Red, White, and Royal Blue is written by a woman. Yes. And it's a male-male romance. Right. I know that there have been a lot of other male-male romances written by women. What are your thoughts on that about the idea of, of writing male-male romances? I mean, I, I believe the boyfriend material and husband material author is, is a man. And I get that there is a, there's a huge market for male-male romances that is not as much men yeah it's 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 often women and often straight women yeah who are interested in male male romance and i wonder if there's a similar sort of kind of squickiness to that as there is in straight men being fascinated with lesbians because a lot of porn that is designed for men is lesbian porn but most lesbians i know will look at that and go that's not sexy yes potentially there there could be mm -hmm. but i don't think that that's true of, of all female authors writing male male romance no i'm sure not it, it's a delicate balance yeah certainly and there have been some gay reviewers that i have read that went oh you poor straight women you don't you have no idea what these that you know yes <laughs> You just don't understand it. <laughs> oh, that's cute. Yeah, that's very cute of you to attempt it. That's cute, but that's not the reality of it. I mean, and I understand that romance in general is a fantasy. It, yes. I get that as well. That's something that I have been learning as we go through this this podcast is that, you know, where I get my murder colored glasses and think, <laughs> you know, don't do it. He's a stalker. But then I have to realize on some level I'm recognizing toxicity in relationships that may not be as toxic as I'm projecting them. Uh, um, and that there is a fantasy element to this that, you know, you wouldn't actually go for this person in real life, but it's fun to dream. Yeah. And I get that there's some of that. <laughs> I can only take this from my life experience to answer mm -hmm. the question because I have, and I hate saying it this way because it always sounds bigot adjacent but I have a lot of gay friends <laughs> 
but I have had throughout, you know, throughout mm-hmm. my life. And sure. Yeah, same. These are people who are important to me. And like I mentioned early on with mm-hmm. uh, The Intern by Serena Ackroyd, that was deeply personal mm-hmm. because here we have, you know, somebody that I recognized. Right. And and that is that is the important part for me is mm-hmm. that is that is my litmus test. Do I recognize these characters? Are, Are these they real realistic? People? Are yeah. these real people? Are these people that could exist in reality? Do right. they remind me of friends, relatives, people I have known in my life? And then mm-hmm. that makes the relationship of it real for me. You know, because okay. I am not I I am not a lesbian, but I've read sapphic romance. I have read lesbian romance. Mm-hmm. As long as those characters seem like people that I would know or people or remind me of people I have known or currently know, that is the test for me. Sure. Whether that is written by someone who is straight or who is not. Because I have also decided not to finish books that that mm-hmm. where it's written by, you know, it's a male male romance written by a woman and it's just like, okay, no. You know, you come to some... You don't even know where all the bits go. uh, Yeah, and and you come to some sex scene, and not to be too graphic about this, but they don't know what lube is for. (laughs) So, um, (sighs) you know, that that sort of stuff, that's the problematic to me. Uh, Fair. That's that's pretty fair. Yeah. I I mean, in in as much as was possible uh, for... Books that have actually been recommended to me, books that I have read, I we have tried to keep within the recommendations of these are actually queer authors as uh-huh. well. Okay. But it's not going to be that for everybody. Sure. Uh, and it's sure. not going to be that for all the recommendations that I have. But that said, there is someone who is a friend of the show and mm-hmm. she has written a couple of queer romances and one of them that is out now mm-hmm. but is available on audio in a couple of weeks after this uh, episode airs. It's mm-hmm. called More For Me and it's by okay. Layla Loughran. Oh, she's and, great. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't read great. her yet. And, I haven't read her yet, but she's a fantastic person. Yes. And and this is polyamorous. So, okay. you know, this is the white shoes space, but polyamorous sure. And there are male-male relationships in here, female-female relationships, and a polyamorous male-male-female relationships. And the narrators have just been announced uh, for the audio, and that's going to be Teddy Hamilton, Lessa Lamb, and Aaron Shedlock. Mm -hmm. And the book is available now, and it's on audio. It'll be available on audio on June 16th. Okay, so coming up real soon. So coming up real soon, and I'm very excited for this. I'm very excited for Layla to get this recognition, you know, to get that caliber of narrator attached to the project as well. Mm-hmm. She's written a few books, but is still a fairly new author. Mm-hmm. Check her out, everyone, and you're going to, you're just going to love it. I will do that. Yeah. And then someone else who also writes books that I will just love auto buy you know, add to cart immediately when I find out that she's written them is Talia Hibbert. Okay. Talia Hibbert wrote a series called Brown Sisters. 
And they're okay. they're standalone novels, but you do take them in, you know, in their turn. And one of them is uh, Take a Hint, Danny Brown. And it's the middle of the, uh, this is the middle sister. Mm-hmm. This, to my mind, is representation done right. I mean, Talia Hibbert just does representation done right across the board. Okay. Whether we're talking about people of color, we're talking about queer, we're talking about neurodivergent. Mm-hmm. She also covers that in her books. Mm. And it's just who these people are. It doesn't have sure. to be overtly explained. It doesn't, you know, nobody's... And, and oh, also bo- body positivity? Mm-hmm. Yes, please. She does it all. Nice. And does it well. Take a hint, Danny Brown is a, mm-hmm. a bi-female main character. You know, she discusses... A previous relationship that she had that was uh, with a woman and then in the the main relationship in the book is with a man but it's all discussed and done well and they've got a meet cute and everything love a meet cute yeah it's just it's one of my favorites and that's and that's one that I will actually reread. I don't reread mm-hmm. a lot, but that's that's a reread for sure. Well, your your to be read list is so long that you know, uh, yeah, <laughs> who has time to reread? But we haven't really talked about historicals, and I know mm-hmm. you love a good historicals, Anna. I do. Yeah, I do like historicals. This is so sometimes I will say I will say as a preface that historicals that cover gay and lesbian relationships it can be tricky generally do pretty well they generally do pretty well though because there is a lot of historical oh for sure yeah for you know i mean there's a lot of yeah no i mean you know and and uh alice b toklas and you know i I mean i could go on going further back than that i mean it it goes oh way 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 i mean sappho right back to sappho you know right (laughs) Exactly. Those are generally done well. Mm-hmm. However, if you get to things like non-binary identity, bisexuality, yeah. that's that can be a little trickier to pull off. It can, but it's still, you know, it still existed. You know, <laughs> it, it still existed. By pulling it off, I mean being able to talk about it within the context of sure. the historical dialogue. Yes. You know, because they weren't using those terms. So they you certainly weren't. No. Yeah, they certainly weren't. You can't, but... you know, say, well, you know, dost thou identify as non-binary? And no, you can't do that. No. You know, because they wouldn't have said that. So one of them that does do as well, though, is Unmasked by the Marquis by Cat Sebastian. Okay. And... This is a non-binary identity uh, and bisexuality is also at play here. And it's, it's a historical, it's, this was really tough to do it right, but, but Kat Sebastian pulls this off. Okay. And she, she actually, Kat Sebastian actually, they pull it off several times over in other books, but Mm -hmm. in this one, and I'm switching today because I'm not sure of their pronouns. They pull this off several times over, and this is just one of several books that you could choose of Cat Sebastian's and be okay and be thrilled with the representation. Nice. Another historical is, and this is one that I have not read, but I will be picking up today at my local independent bookstore. Last night at the Telegraph Club. This is by Melinda Lowe. Mm-hmm. And it's a lesbian historical. It's set in San Francisco's Chinatown, 
uh, oh. during the Red Scare of the 50s. Well, that sounds interesting. Uh, not only do you have a lesbian romance, you've got the historical mm-hmm. talking about communism, um, you know, the Red Scare of the 50s when everybody was was being tried for being communist for, right. um, you know, the McCarthy hearings. Mm-hmm. And then also because China was communist by this point, mm-hmm. you know, the Asian American community was seen as automatically communist. Right. Hate against Asian Americans in this country has gone on for a long time. And it's only gotten worse in the last few years. Because of COVID. And so this this is one that I am excited to read mm-hmm. for that reason and several others. Also, just because I have a deep and abiding love for a historical novels set in San Francisco. Well, you know. You know, because it's my hometown. and Got to read the locals, right? Yeah, got to read the locals. This is one I'm excited to pick up and find out more about. But it was recommended to me, and, and I'm excited to read it. Uh, and in fact, if... If I like it a lot, I might be recommending it to you to read for a future episode. So look forward to it. Um, yeah, looking forward to I that might, one. I and might then, read it anyway. Uh, yeah, I might go rogue. <laughs> you know what happens when I go rogue? <laughs> Interesting things happen, listeners. Yes. That's what happens when Santa goes rogue. <laughs> <laughs> and so for the asexual community, you know, the immediate thought is, of course, that asexuals well they don't care about sex so why would we have romance books about them and romance and sex are two different things romance and sex are two different things and you can still have even aromantic which means that you do not experience uh, romantic feelings that does not mean that you don't have relationships right okay that right does not preclude relationships at all for sure but there is a segment of the population that thinks that because people who are asexual that they do not experience sex that means that they are robots Mm. so there is a book that takes this and flips it on its head (laughs) and it's called the cybernetic tea shop well that sounds like yeah i knew you'd love that title i love that name yeah that's perfect (laughs) it's the cybernetic tea shop it's by meredith katz and it's asexual ai okay it goes some very interesting places and it's it's a fun one interesting there's also this one is close to my heart i really enjoyed this one it's let's talk about love by claire khan Mm -hmm. and this is a asexual female main character she gets these flutters it's a more sort of crushes you know that that she gets about people rather than feeling any sexual desire towards them she will have crushes and and this is also a new adult she's college age Mm -hmm. and she's a female of color okay that's another great one and i really loved the character she was adorable from page one (laughs) so i just immediately fell in love with her another asexual female main character heart as in you know the beating heart heart to find by and i'm hoping i'm pronouncing this correctly ellen annalise Uh, another asexual uh, female main character we haven't even started with uh you know even skimmed off the very top of the number of books that are available right for the entire queer genre what's uh, what's available written by queer authors written about with queer characters etc but 
we can't talk about all of them in one episode, so... (laughs) We will be covering these as we go. (laughs) Yeah, we will be covering these as we go. And we will, again, have all of these listed in our show notes on our website. And we have some other exciting news to share. Starting in July... We are going to four episodes a month, which I'm very excited about. So we are going to continue with Xana reading whatever I give her to read in July. And we will do one episode of reviews and then three episodes with someone from the book community, from Mm -hmm. the world of books. And because we we have been experiencing so many wonderful people that we have met at these book conventions that said yes <laughs> so and we want to talk to and all they're of fabulous them. and they're they're so much fun and they're so much fun and we are so excited to share with you the guests that are coming up in the coming months and and i'm not saying anything about them now but you uh you listeners will also be she's internally squeeing hear- I, I am I am squeeing so hard about some of the people we have coming up, and I'm just so excited. But the next assigned reading for Zana, which you've is, already assigned to me, which I have already assigned, right, is "The Summer We Fell" uh, by Elizabeth O'Rourke, and um, narrated by, by our good friend S- Samantha. Yes, our friend and of the show, Teddy Samantha Hamilton. Brentmore, and Teddy Hamilton. And if you um, have not already started reading along with Xana, uh, you can visit our website at cupandsaucybooks.com for links, uh, show notes. So we'll have a link to that book as well as all of the books that we talked about today. And we will be um, starting again in July with our July episodes. We will go to one monthly review episode and include three uh, episodes with interviews with fantastic people from the world of books. You can also follow us on social media at Cup and Saucy Books. We are on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok, and we are also on Twitter as Cup N, the letter N, Saucy Books. Let us know if you have a book you would like us to review on the show. And we hope to meet you in person as well. We have met so many listeners already, and we're very excited about that. I will be going next to the uh, Chameleon Effect experience with Joe Arden in Los Angeles. In fact, by the time this episode is aired, I will have just come back from that. And Zana will be at the upcoming Romanticon in Connecticut in July. And then we will both be in Anaheim at Steamy LitCon in August. And I'm really looking forward to that. Mm-hmm. Because we will be taking a little road trip to the Ripped Bodice in Culver City. This is the mecca of Romance Landia. I'm excited. I can't wait to take you there. Let us know if you will be at Romanticon or any of these uh, upcoming book events and we, uh, where we will be at too. But let us know if you're going to Book Bonanza in Texas, which unfortunately neither Xana and I could go to. But we, we want to hear about all the fabulous authors and narrators who are going to be there and we will feel the FOMO and, and yep. uh, celebrate the world of books. But thank you uh, so much for joining us on the cup and saucy book club. Join us next time as we talk with another special guest from the world of books and go on a few tangents. Happy reading. Cheers. Cheers.